Hour number two, kick it off here in the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios. It's the morning show on 105.7 WKGN. Sam, it's your segments. Let's go. Thanks, John. You're welcome. Um, starting off here, meant to talk about this yesterday, uh, but didn't get to it. Eli Gold is out as the Alabama radio voice. Called games for Alabama for 35 years. Saw eight head coaches and seven national titles in his time. Uh, was a very interesting exit, though, for him. Said he, you know, went out to the media, said he was called into a meeting with their athletic director. Uh, they said that they wanted to go in a different direction, and he gave them, basically said, I want to just have one more season. Let me have away and home and away games, uh, and then I'll walk off into the sunset forever, and you won't hear from me. And they declined the offer, and then so now it's going to be Chris Stewart, who is their voice of men's basketball. Uh, he called road games for the football team this past year. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. He offered them what? He basically said, like, I just want one more season. I'm going to call home and away games, and then I'll be done forever. And so he wanted, he wanted like a farewell tour. Let me yeah. go out on my own terms. They just said one that more year. they didn't let him do away games apparently this year due to the health reasons. But he said he got cleared by doctors. And so this Chris Stewart guy was calling away games, and he was like, I just want one more season, full season, home and away, and it's they didn't let sad, it. actually. Yeah, that's like Alabama's, like, John Ward for us, kind of, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know if he's as beloved. I mean, I'm sure doing something. At least, like, he did done it for that long. Well, I'm saying, yeah, do it yeah. for 35 years. I can't imagine he's too hated. Yeah. Um, of course, has a, probably a lot of historic calls, seeing how they've been so good over a lot of that last 35 years, or at least the back half of that. It's kind of sad that they didn't give him one more year. And, and then it was even more sad he took to social media or a quote or something. He's like, I'm not retired. I'm open for business. Like, okay, come on. Yeah. Just hang him up. <laughs> but that's sad they wouldn't give him a farewell season after right? that. Yeah. I don't know if like they were in, like, threatened to lose that guy. Like the, the replacement, if the replacement's like giving him an ultimatum, like, hey, either I'm either you give me this job full time or I'm moving on. They're like, hey, we either Either we let Eli do his, like, sunset ride that we're going to be back to square one next year. Although our boy Roger Hoover is down there. Like, he could have been somebody that got promoted to the big chair. But, yeah. Go ahead, Bob. Now, this just came in from a listener. This is uh, breaking news on Eli Gold. So, it's good that, Sam, it's good that we, we waited a day to talk <laughs> about this because it says that Eli Gold, Alabama's former football broadcaster named the play-by-play voice of the Nashville Cats. Really? The Arena League team. <laughs> so he clearly, and I mean, it's legit. This was in the Tennessee yeah. and everything else. So he clearly wanted to keep announcing games of some fashion. Um, I just, man, if I'm, what? Oh my God, man. I, yeah, maybe he wanted a farewell tour, but just wrap it up there on the Alabama front, not going to arena football. Yeah, I don't know, like, what his age is. I assume he's, like, in his young, like, mid-60s at least or low-60s. But also, like, I don't know what his money situation is. Maybe he's not in a place where he can just retire. I don't know how much those guys make calling games. I would imagine he's in, like, the three or $400,000 range a year. I would imagine. He's 70. Okay. Yeah. But also, like I've never been seventy before. I know some. Old, I know some people that age don't want to be forced to quit, because then when you retire, you're just waiting to die. You know, that's that's what some people say. Like, hey, if I'm not working, I'm just waiting to die. So, would we rather Eli Gold just stay home and start a podcast? <laughs> I don't know. 
doing the doing the arena football, I, I guess that could be fun, but I don't know. I feel bad for him. I feel like he deserves a little bit better, but also like now I feel bad for him. He's just calling arena football, and that's where he's at. And he was almost as big a name on the radio broadcast of uh, NASCAR racing too. And I don't know if he's still doing that or not. I don't listen to NASCAR races on the radio. I so. didn't read that, but yeah, he's he's been doing that for decades. So maybe he'll keep doing that and some uh, some high end arena football. God, I can't believe it, man. I I'm just like it was, yeah. You you said he's how old, Sam? Seventy. What? Maybe he gets into a career of politics. Yeah. He's got a couple terms in him. Yeah, he's a young man when it comes to <laughs> politics. He's got a chance. Yeah. Uh, we got some new updates in terms of the NCAA football game. Uh, Kirk Herbstreet and Reese Davis, uh, they're all in. Chris Fowler, David Pollock, Dez, name everybody. They're pretty much in. Uh, and they also announced that uh, every FBS player is going to be offered $600, a free copy of the game. Uh, to opt in and be included in the game. Unfortunately, this applies to everybody but uh, Service Academy members as they're not allowed to make NIL money. That's sad. Yeah. That's sad they don't let the troops make any extra money. I know, right? Some people were mad, like, give the kids more than $600. This is BS. They're going to make so much money on this game. Like, if you're giving it to every FBS player... Yeah, you're I mean, not a decent amount of money. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, if you're, how many copies do we think they sell? Like, what's a good game? I, I know, like with CDs, you like going platinum, selling a million copies, but like no one sells those anymore. Games, I know, are a little bit different, but like, how many do we expect them to sell? I don't know. I'll, maybe they have the number of copies sold for NCA fourteen. But yeah, I mean, if you're if you're gonna pay every athlete ten times the amount the game is selling for. That does get pretty costly. So, like, I don't know how much more they it expect. Says 1.5 million copies were sold of NCAA Football 14. I'd imagine more people buy this one. I would, too. You'll have a young generation, and then, like, nostalgia, people will be buying it. If you're a college football player and you can get 600 bucks in college and also get a free video game, I think 99.9% .9 of them are signing up for that. Yeah, I mean, so many people probably grow up dreaming of being in a video game. Yeah, exactly. But there's also probably a handful of people that think they're they're worth more than six hundred dollars. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Did the, the one thing I also saw on this topic was I think it was Molly McGrath, but she posted on uh, X that it's great to see all these announcements about the voices of NCA, whatever it is, twenty five. She goes, I sure hope there are some women represented for the sideline reporters, and I don't know if there are, so. That's going to be... Haven't seen any news on that. Yeah, it'll be interesting. No offense to Molly McGrath, but like I also don't know if people would be like, oh, I'm going to go buy the game now that Molly McGrath is in yeah. on the sideline. Well, line. to be fair, Samuel, in case your mother is listening, I don't know how many people are going to buy the game for Kirk Herbstreet either. I think they're just buying the game to buy the game. I don't, I don't know if we need David Pollock on the game True. either. I'm not, True. I was on the fence. I don't know <laughs> if I'm going to go buy a new system and play this game, but, you know, i got to see David Pollock and hear his takes just one more and, time. And a, name that, and a name that we didn't mention that's part of it too, I saw was Kevin Connors, and it's like, uh, okay, great. I don't. I barely know who he is. So, yeah, don't don't say that a woman's <laughs> not moving the needle by, to buy the game because – a lot of those people aren't. Yep. And, and, like, video game hot's kind of 
you know, I still remember being like eight and being pretty sexually aroused by Laura Croft from Tomb Raider from the, you know, the original PlayStation. You know what? It's, it does something for you. You know what might move the needle? I wonder if this was part of Herb Street's deal. Maybe, yeah. Ben the ben, dog. Ben. <laughs> maybe, ben maybe Ben's going to show up in there somewhere. That would move the needle. It would, would be pretty funny <laughs> if they... Just a shot of a dog walking You can't include around. my voice until you have my dog on midfield. Oh, no. No, no, no. I'm not talking about that. I could care less. I'm saying it would be pretty funny if, if the dog made the game and no women did. Yeah, that would be crazy. That would be wild. That would officially be wild. Yeah, that would be pretty tough. Yeah, that would be. That would be. Um, we got some there's NFL news. People, there's a couple people in the, in the audience that knows what I'm talking about with Tomb Raider. Okay. Yeah, I have no idea. I mean, they let Angelina Jolie play the you know the character in the movie, so I mean, you kind of you kind of got an idea of what she was looking like back in the the pixelated days. Mm-hmm. You got a little bit of an idea. The side braid. Definitely. Definitely kind of an idea. The short khaki shorts. <laughs> a 3D pyramid chest. Mm. We come a long way with graphics, but. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. When she would get bit by the mice, she'd go, ah. <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. You're picking up what I'm putting down. I am. I am. There's somebody in the eyes like, hell yeah. Me too, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I thought I was the weirdo. No, you're not, sir. You're not. You're very normal. Uh, some news in terms of the NFL here. We got Matt Areza. He is signed with the Chiefs. Uh, this is the man who was formerly known as Punt God. Uh, was drafted back in the sixth round of the 2022 draft by the Bills. Um, was later accused of rape back in that summer. Was then dismissed from the team, from the Bills, obviously. Uh, that case has been dismissed now, and so he is kind of been you know in lingo trying to find some jobs in the nfl he got a tryout with the jets earlier this year but that didn't result in anything being signed uh but the chiefs go ahead and sign matt their current punter tommy townsend was first team all pro but is set to be a free agent after this year okay it's news because of course like he was a draft pick from the bills that got canceled so now he's like back in the league. So he, he he beat the accusations. The accusations ended up not looking good for that girl in terms of when the more details came out. He's lost what three years of his career, three years of NFL money yeah. at this point. Yeah. So that's always tough. It seems like he was innocent. So I'll say good. I'm happy he's back in the in the league and going to get to get a paycheck. And if he still got it, that's a weapon for the Chiefs just because. He was deemed good enough to draft. I mean, didn't the Bills take him like in the third round or something Sixth. crazy like that? Okay, yeah, never mind, not third round, but still. But Chiefs being the Chiefs again, you know what I mean? It's great insurance. Who knows if he even stays with the team if they re-up Tommy Townsend, but they're prepped now if he leaves. Well, and also, of course, I mean, they drafted Tyreek Hill and had Kareem Hunt on the team, so. Yeah. Not afraid you know. of that. Not afraid of that. Whatever. Jack Collinsworth out as the NBC play-by-play caller for Notre Dame. Yes. I am right there with you, Bob. Called Notre Dame games for two years. Uh, was not that good. <laughs> uh, got the job definitely because of his pops. Uh, Notre Dame grad in 2017. Barely had any experience with play-by-play before he got in there. Now Dan Hicks is going to be replacing him. He's going to be calling games with Jason Garrett. Hicks called Notre Dame games uh, over a decade ago, obviously kind of most known for golf, but Dan Hicks is going to be taking over that NBC role for Notre Dame. I felt that was, you know, it's one thing that 
Collinsworth is on the pregame show on Sunday Night Football. That's fine, I guess. Um, but when he got Notre Dame play-by-play, uh, like it or not, I mean, you know, it's still it's kind of an iconic gig, and I, I just thought it was a total miss by NBC. So I, I appreciate the fact that they're cleaning it up. Hicks is good, too. He's very mm-hmm. solid. So it's good that he's coming back. <sighs> we also, if I can jump in for a second on X, um, our guy Jordan Moore posted, and I think it's a good observation. It's getting a lot of, a lot of traction. He wrote, Barnes is currently 87 wins away from tying Ray Mears for most all-time at Tennessee, and I hope he sticks around long enough to eclipse that. That's a, that goes back to the last segment. We were talking about how long Barnes stays. That's still a lot of wins uh, that he'd need to get, which means years. Uh, I mean, 87, he, he needs fewer than that to pass Dean Smith, and you said he wasn't going to do that. He needs to get yeah. to 880 to pass Dean Smith. He's at 799, so – 87 more puts him right on the doorstep of 900, and you said there's basically no way there, so I don't I don't think uh, – I don't think so. I mean, I'd love to see it. Don't get me wrong. I think it's a great observation, and I'd love for him to be the all-time winningest coach here. Um, but I don't know. That feels – boy, that feels like a long ways off. Sorry, Sam. Kind of cut, cut off oh, your no, flow you're good. there. You're good. You're good. Um, last thing I had here was just that SEC uh, suspended – Bama's Muhammad Wagge. I don't know if I pronounced that last name right, uh, but only suspended him for one game after coming down with a UFC-like elbow hammer fist on on Alex Condon in the first half of that game on that okay, scramble so for the loose ball. It was in the first half when that happened? Yeah. Okay, because I didn't notice it. I, I didn't watch the first 10 minutes of the game, but the video is sickening. I mean, he gives a, yeah. he gives a knee to the head and then comes down with a – I mean, that's, I would say that's illegal in the UFC, right? You can't elbow somebody no, yeah. in the back of the head, right? It's illegal in the UFC. You can't do anything in the back of the head to people, so that's even worse. And you know it's bad when Nato's is like, yeah, we accept the punishment. Because, you know, that guy cries about everything. So for him to be like, oh, oh man, they suspended my guy. This is unfair. They're out to get us. They're like, nope, actually, this is the, the crime fits the punishment. We're good with it. And I would say the crime maybe doesn't fit the yeah, punishment. Yeah, he's running away with one game. He's like, that should have been more. I don't understand how that wasn't reviewed at all. Like, did the Florida player not sell it? Like, because if somebody knees you, then elbows you in the back of the head, you got to, like, act like you're knocked out. You, you got to lay there at least, like, writhing in pain. Maybe you don't want to act like you got a concussion and miss the rest of the game. But, like, you got to go crazy or, like, lay down or something. Like, hold your head and just roll around. I, I guess credit to that player for not doing that. Although he cost himself a flagrant foul and, and two free throws, and they lost in overtime. So, I mean, maybe they would have won the game. Grant Williams probably deserves a shout-out last night, yeah. Sam. 24 points, yeah. 6 of 11 from 3. He is single-handedly ruining the Charlotte Hornets' tanking efforts. They're undefeated since Grant Williams went home to Charlotte. <laughs> He's averaging, like, 19 points a game. He's hitting a bunch of shots again and then looks like a good player. So good for him because he has become a punch, punching bag since the trade deadline, since he got traded. But in his four games, he's been pretty good. Keep him off Snapchat. Keep him off Snapchat. Grant, keep your hog up. You're too famous. You're too rich. Did you see this, Bob? I did not. Get Fill me in. Well, just what we said. <laughs> keep your hog up, Grant. He, 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 got, he got a nude leaked. Oh. He's sending he's sending naked pictures of himself to to women and I guess they 
leaked it or somehow got it. I don't know, but it's it, it's not a good look, Grant. And we were going to have him on the show. Well, you know, I can give you some advice on that. Blur your face out, Grant. Come on. <laughs> Chest down only. Oh, God. He's like standing up naked in his living room. I'm like, what are you doing? That's cr- that's weird, bro. <laughs> that's weird. Um, <laughs> You're famous. At least do something <laughs> different. Don't stand up just in your living room with the lights on. Dude, who the hell walks around like that? That feels like more of we're thinking of old balls that feels like more of an admiral schofield play. i don't i don't want to think about <laughs> admiral that way i don't know why you say admiral he should just claim it's like ai now that they do those yeah. pictures like, i was oh, gonna that's... say i thought you're gonna go brian williams i can see brian williams maybe oh. doing something like that like that seems more yeah. like his speed again not to not to talk about him that way either but duke cruz i don't know it just great you gotta be better than that you're the vice president of the nba players association damn i had no idea had not thought that Foster writes in saying that Laura Croft did it for him. Thank you, Foster. And also, I discovered a, a Reddit thread that I feel uncomfortable in, Sam. It's which game has the sexiest version of Laura Croft, and it's got all the <laughs> pictures of Laura Croft from all the versions of Tomb Raider. So uh, maybe I am the weirdo. Maybe I am. Let's go to break. It's the morning show on Fan Run Radio. All right, let's go to the phone lines, 865-546-8200. Let's grab Roberto. Roberto, the floor is yours. Morning, John. Good morning, Roberto. Sam and Bob. Hey, buddy. You know, uh, John, I have to to back you here, brother. Um, My bald brother. Laura Croft did it for me. Okay, there we go. I told you guys. Bob's like been treating me like a creep. Sam's like, who the hell is Laura Croft? And and there's there's people out there, I told you boys, that feel the same way. No doubt. The the uh when you described it as the pyramid boobs or whatever you said, pyramid chest, made me laugh, but it's not untrue. In in sixty four pyramid boobs, man. That's exactly what it was. Um <laughs> Uh, that was one that made me chuckle. And then you guys, uh, you kind of brought up the, um, the the elbow, knee to the head, elbow to the head. He, I, I can't remember the Florida player. I'm assuming it, it was their big white guy. Is it Condon? Yeah, it was Condon. Um, he sold it, John. Like, he grabbed, I mean, he grabbed his head. He writhed in pain. He just didn't call it. Interesting, because usually when I feel like a player does that, they at least go to the monitor and look afterwards. So, like, yeah, I mean, they, they couldn't have had reviewed it because that player would have been kicked out. Yeah, the other thing I would say, John, is we're, we're trying to rationalize the SEC office only giving one game. When do you remember what – I forget his first name, but his last name was Payne, ironically, and he broke John Fulkerson's orbital socket. That one to you, me, I mean, that one was bad, Roberto, but is the one from Alabama not more egregious? Because, I mean, like, Payne was no, swinging back, no. like, running down the court. It wasn't like a drop down to the knee, back of the head type of thing. I mean, I know it was gross, but like, to one of the Alabama, I mean, it was worse. It's less me. egregious because he didn't end a guy's season. Sure. Yeah, I, th- I, think, I, th- I, think, I think you're right, Roberto. I think Payne's was – uh, more egregious so much so he left florida too and i don't know if it was because of that but he ended up going. he only got suspended one game yeah and the, and remember that it wasn't the sec that did it it was the school yeah 
that is the most egregious non-punishment I've ever seen by any league. Now, I mean, Roberto, correct me if I'm wrong. Did Florida's season not end after one game? Because that wasn't the SEC no, tournament, I think they wasn't went it? To the, I think they went to the tournament, John. Okay. Was, was the, uh, was the I, orbital bone breaking in the SEC tournament, though? Wasn't that in the SEC tournament? Yes. So the, I, yeah, I, I but didn't I know think if they, they lost. The, did they win a game in the tournament, I guess? They beat us that day, did they not? No, no, we beat them. And then we okay. lost to Alabama. I think they went to the NCAA. No, he, it was definitely – he, they went to the NCAA tournament because he had to miss the first game, and he missed the first game. I think they even maybe won two games in that tour, one or one, one or two games in the okay. NCAA tournament. It, it, it's neither here nor there now, but, I mean, think about this. Was Fulkerson ever the same? He came back the next year and was just pitiful. I mean, yeah, he wasn't good his last year. I don't know if that was, if that was the reason why or not, but, yeah, I mean, the, the correlation's there for sure. So, and not not causation doesn't equal correlation or vice versa and all that. But still, I mean, I, that was the worst injury I've ever seen. And it wasn't, if I remember correctly, was it even a flagrant? Did they finally come back and call it a flagrant one? I don't remember. Yeah, I don't either. But he didn't get ejected from the game. And he didn't get – he and, and Florida was the one. I want to say they didn't even suspend him for the whole game. They suspended him for the first half of the next game in very Floridian style. So those, those, you know, the SEC is so up and down. But I'll tell you what, and, and maybe it's just I'm, I'm a Tennessee guy that thinks that we get screwed on by everybody. But, like, if that was a Tennessee player that did that, let's say it was uh, Tobey Awaka did that to Condon. Does, is he suspended for three games, five games? I can't say for certain. I know that we would feel like we wouldn't get one game. I'll say that at least. Yeah, when a guy – you nailed it, John. When you say a guy like Nate Oates says, yeah, I'll take the suspension, thank you, and, like, sprints out the door, like, you know, exit stage, that one's for you, Bob. Um, I, I To me, that says that they think they're getting away with one. And that should never be a team feeling good about only getting a one-game suspension. That should never be a thing. Um, well, it was Omar guys, Payne. Appreciate... It was Omar Payne. That was his name. Omar Payne. Thank you. And they did win one game. They, they did win one game in the NCAA tournament against Virginia Tech, then lost in the Sweet 16 to Oral Roberts. So they won two games. No, they lost. They lost to Oral Roberts. So they they beat Virginia Tech. You said the Sweet 16. Oh, okay. Well, they no, they lost in the second round. Sorry, I thought I said to okay. get to the Sweet 16, but either way, Oral Roberts was that their Elite Eight run with A. Smith and. Yes. Uh, O'Banner? Yes. Interesting. Um, well, neither here nor there, I guess, but but I think it's just bull crap. Um, I'll submit this to you guys. I would not like to see Rick Barnes break Raymer's record. How about that for a hot take? I, I think uh, Rick Barnes, I love him, and I want him to be super crazy successful here. I would love to see us go to a Final Four and maybe win a national title. I'm not sure that's on the car in the cards but I don't know if I want him here long enough to break that record because I do believe he's getting a bit long in the tooth and I think it is time to start figuring out what we're going to do after even though I think he'll be successful if days four more years 20 wins a year that's what he does 20 wins and in the tournament but I'm worried about your five uh, what are your 
appreciate the phone call, Roberto. You're cutting out. I will say that, well, you kind of answered, you had kind of my answer in your question that, that if he does break the record, that means he's had a good run. Like if he does stay here for four or five more years, that means that things are still going well and still kind of clicking at a high level. So I would sign up for that. We'll worry about year five when we get there. Like I don't know, you know, even who would be the successor at that point, but Something we've talked frequently about is the the tree that Rick Barnes is building. But, you know, we don't even know if Danny White will be here in five years. We don't know who would be making any type of search. We don't we don't know what college basketball looks like in five years. What the salaries look like, what, what Tennessee looks like. So I, I'm not worried about the successor because I think if Rick Barnes retired tomorrow, would we not be worried about the successor? At least have questions about him? Now, I know we have confidence in Danny White and, and him hiring coaches. But you'd still be like, man, it's going to be tough shoes to fill. Rick, Bar- Rick Barnes has had this team in the top ten for a lot of weeks the last handful of years. We positive we're going to hire a coach that's going to be better than that. So, yeah, I mean, forget worrying about replacing him in five years. I'd be worried about if he retired before then because some of the coaches we talk about in the tree necessarily haven't proven anything yet. I told you about how, how dreadful the Providence games are in Kim English. I mean – Lanier got a big win against Memphis, but, like, I don't think he's ready to jump up from SMU and give those guys a couple more years. Mike Schwartz. Yeah. I just haven't watched him recently. Where, where's he at? East Carolina. Yeah, I haven't or, watched any ACU no, games. He's not ready. Yeah. So, no, that was kind of a joke. But, I mean, he's got a tree, though. Like, yeah, he has putting assistance out there, and, and, you know, maybe one of those guys would be ready to step up. Or maybe Danny White would just do a national search. I'm sure that would be what Danny wants to do. But again, I don't know, you know, how long Danny's going to be here. We're all day to day in life, bro. That's why I'm trying to enjoy the moment. Like, I, and like, if you tell me Barnes gave you sustained success, and I don't think like he would a want to stay around here and creep to that finish line, like Bob said, hang around and just do the Jim Beheim thing where things get bad. I also don't think Tennessee would let him do that. I don't think Danny White would let him do that if Danny White was around. So if you tell me Rick Barnes is here for four or five more years. It probably means the four or five years have still been really, really good. So I would sign up for yes, four more years. Speaking of enjoying the moment, we just got all of us got a text from uh, Drive co-host Houston Crest. Sam, you want to yeah. share this because this is pretty mind-boggling. Well, this this Wagyu kid that came down with the the crazy elbow only played three minutes in the game. Nato's just put him in as like a contract killer, basically, for the like, second you, time in Alabama I, history. I told you about John Chaney. Yeah. I told you about yeah. the Temple coach that sent to the goon. <laughs> I sent the goon in. That that's what that's what Nato's did. Yeah, he he had a hired killer. He sent him in. It's like get the job done. This guy's busting our ass. Send him in. <laughs> I sent to the goon. I still disagree. I, I think. Now, maybe I need to go back and watch the play from Omar Payne and John Fulkerson, and I know it ended up breaking John Fulkerson's face, but, again, a knee to the side of the head and then a drop-down knee to the back of the head is going to be worse to me because the way I remember Payne hitting Fulkerson was they were running up the court, and Payne kind of swung an elbow back, trying to, like, get off me type of thing, and threw an elbow, which is inexcusable, or at least harder to excuse. But, like, when guys get tangled up or whatever, you throw arms, you throw hands, whatever – that one I can at least somewhat rationalize. I can't rationalize someone doing a drop, step, elbow, dropping a people's elbow on the back of someone's head because, again, that's not even legal in UFC. 
yeah. a spinning back fist is legal in UFC. Uh, an elbow to the back of someone's head is not. So uh, to me, that's more egregious. I think we respond more viscerally to if, like, the one that happened with Payne three years ago to Fulkerson. If it was in the chest, it's different. When it's in the face, that I think everybody's response is like, oh, my God. You know, it was my response. What if, what if, what if the back of the head elbow, though, would have knocked the player out? Yeah. Are you not playing the result yeah. there? Because, I mean, if, you, if he knocks him out cold or knocks him out of the game. Because, I mean, I do, I do think the Roberto's point about, like, you know, it didn't end his season like it did Fulkerson. That, that's a fair point. Yeah. But also that, that doesn't make something necessarily better or worse just because a freak accident didn't happen or the player was able to take the elbow. Like, if he drops that elbow and it knocks the guy out, I think we look at it as much more egregious and much more, like, you know, deadly even. Um, yeah, I, I do wonder if that influence, some our pain ended up, I think, transferring to Illinois and being kind of a bit player there. And I just wonder if he was just running from something there or if he just, he was already fed up. And well, I mean, he, he, I don't know what happened, but he went from Florida to Illinois to Jacksonville to UCF. He transferred three times. Kidding? No, yeah, he, he ended up, that was his path. He was at Florida for two years left after the John Fulkerson incident. Yeah, a year at Illinois, started three games. A year at Jacksonville, started nine games, and ended up at UCF and started 14 games. He's still at UCF right now. That's amazing. All right, let's go back to the phone lines. You said we got Titans Bill on the line? Titans Bill, the floor is yours. Good morning, my friend. Good morning, my friend. Um, I'll tell you what would be a perfect fit for Kirk Herbstreit. Get out of get out of quit ESPN and go to the Big Ten Network. Oh, okay. Because why? Because he's a Big Tenner. He's an Ohio State alum. Can we not at least send him to Fox? Because Fox handles the Big Ten. Because it feels like a step down, Titans Bill, to go from ESPN to the Big Ten Network. But if you told me he went from ESPN to Fox, maybe I could see that. Well, he could do both. Well, he could. Take his damn dog with him. Because, look, he does the color commentator on the NFL package on Prime Video. Right? What does that have to do with the college channel, though? Well, I think think that would be a perfect fit for him because I'll tell you, the Big Ten Network... I, you know, even though I'm not a big fan of the Big Ten, I feel it's ten times better than the SEC network. I, I'm far more impressed with their programming than I am, you know, the SEC network. I don't disagree with you, Bill. I think that uh, I, I think they do a strong job, and and they've been doing it for a little bit longer than the SEC network, so maybe that's part of it. But uh, I agree. I agree with that. I am. Uh, and I'm, I'm, you know, at my roots, I'm a Big Ten guy, but it's not because of that. I think the product's better. I don't think I've ever watched any programming on the Big Ten Network other than, like, snippets from a game or maybe one game in general, basketball season. When you say programming, Bob, you're talking about just, like, their studio work and, like, their original programming. They're not throwing Fine Bomb on for three hours. Or- Correct. Their studio programming, their, their shoulder programming, as they call it, which is, like, non-game stuff that, you know, it's like some of their documentaries. And they have a show called The Journey, which is really timely, and it follows typically a team for a given week. Um, 
again in documentary style. They they just they do a nice job. I'll tell you, there's one program that I fell in love with on the Big Ten Network. And of course, they don't carry it anymore, and that's Campus Seats. Oh yeah. Yeah, Star was... Jenny Dell and this and this other guy and I forgot his name. And uh, of course, Dell is now over at the CBS Sports Network doing sideline reporting. What the hell are we talking about here, Titans, Bill? <laughs> what else you got for me? You gonna break down the the ACC Network next? What are we doing here? <laughs> well, I would say that Kirk, I think Kirk Herb. Street would be a perfect fit for the Big Ten Network. They don't. They don't have the money for him. I can uh, see it at Fox, though. Yeah, maybe, but I, I agree. Maybe, maybe ESPN likes likes at least having one Big Ten guy, or they have Desmond too, having a couple Big Ten guys to to balance out the SEC bias. Appreciate the phone call, Titans Bill. I'm going to get him off okay. before he gets to the Pac-2 Network. <laughs> or what are we? What are we going to do on on Spike TV back in the day? Couldn't think of another channel. I was going to say versus, but I was like, that's not a channel. The CW now. They do yeah. sports, right? There you go. How's the live golf cover? Home to live, yeah. What the hell are we doing, Titans, Bill? <laughs> There's no way. I mean, I, I, I get what he was saying, but there is no way that ever happens. They don't have the money to afford Herb Street. And it, frankly, Herb Street, it's not a big enough platform for him. He likes what he's doing. Well, yeah, that's why I said, like, maybe a Fox hired him yeah. and made him the main guy. But even then, like, Fox and ESPN are pretty similar in terms of their football coverage these days, but you don't throw away a a twenty something year career at ESPN and being like what you know, maybe when Harvest Street hangs it up, he will be the go to ESPN college football person maybe of all time. Like I I guess now would that be Corso? I don't even know who it would be, but like Herb Street yeah. will pass Corso in terms of being yes. synonymous with the sport on that network. I don't think you throw that away. I don't even know why we're talking about it, Titans Bill. You not know screen these calls, Sam? I've asked you to ask them what they want to talk about. If you had told me he wants to talk about Kirk Herbstreit, I said, okay, hold on. Is it about the damn dog? Is it about the video game? It wasn't about either one of those. Last time we got a great Western film from his calls, so I figured we might get something like that. I'm wow. starting to agree with that tweeter that said you're not doing a good job, Sam. <laughs> now, speaking of Sam, uh, I got a text a segment ago from my uh, wife. We were talking about, you know, my wife saying, I'd love to hear more Sam. She just wrote to me, she must be listening, because then she wrote, Moms stick up for other moms' kids. Hell yeah. So Hell there yeah. you go. That's uh, Isn't that everybody? Yeah, it's pretty much everybody. Yeah, but it's. A- ask your wife who is not someone's <laughs> mother's kid. But I'm still a kid. Yeah. We're a- all kids at heart. We're all yeah, to our mother. I think it's the kid part is what she's getting. He's at. 22 years old. Back in the day, he'd <laughs> yeah. have been, he'd already had been storming the beaches of Normandy and came home and. <laughs> Started a family, been working at a factory for three years. He's not a kid. He's only a kid in today's society that I'm just that, a little boy. Yeah, maybe maybe <laughs> this is Bob's generation of people raised a bunch of soft kids. Maybe that's it. No. Maybe that's it. We got these no. twenty two years old calling him a kid. <laughs> he should already been working in a steel mill for five or six years, digging coal back in the day. Twenty two year old already would have you know, had three three kids and be worried about how the, the cow was gonna handle the I'm out in the oil fields yeah, right now, yeah. Yeah, what the crops are going to do, a kid. <laughs> Again, everyone is someone's mother's kid. Everyone. I know I'm a little bit older, but my mama still would call me her baby boy. Yeah. 
Yeah. You're not special, Sam, just because you're younger. You're but not you're special. closer to a, you know, I'm closer to a kid we than can, an we adult. We can fend for ourselves. We're grown up. Sam's still. He's, he's 22 again. You talked about it earlier. <laughs> he can buy cigarettes. Oh, no, you were talking about it earlier. You were saying, I forget what we were talking about, but you were like, oh, you're young. You can still. I said he has full life ahead of him, but yeah. that's fine. He still has a chance to have some experience. Just got, Would we have said the same thing if he wasn't a college boy? If he was somebody that had been no, in the factory no. or on an oil rig since he was 18 and we still gave no. him as a kid, I don't think no. so. If he had two kids himself, because <laughs> at 22 you could have two kids, and we'd be like, hey, he's just a kid. That would be a uh, that'd be an enterprising young man if they worked on the oil rig and came in and produced a radio show. They gotta be, he's only in here once every like three weeks or so in the rig. <laughs> yeah. is, is gotta, a station, and they're giving him a week off. to. Got to go back out to sea. Yeah. He's a shrimping, he's a shrimping captain. People were selling around the world when they were like 17 and Sam's a kid. And this just in from Sam's mom. <laughs> Tell Sue I love her sticking up for Sam. <laughs> what the hell's going on here? I lo- and then wrote Sam's mom. <laughs> there you go. Well, see, I'm uh, sure my mom appreciates it. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't disagree that you're, mo- you're your mother's baby boy. I yeah. don't disagree. See what's happening, though, man? We're becoming a family. We here. are. This well, is, well, and we're arguing. Like well, a hold on, here. hold on. There's some familial bonds being connected. I've noticed that I haven't been on the group text with Sam's mom. Your wife isn't standing up for me. It's it's a it's a foursome right now. John's like the older brother that's just not getting any any yeah. love from the parents. Uh, somehow I've become the black sheep. I don't know. You baby him. You didn't baby me when I was that age. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that's pretty funny. That's a shout-out to your mom. That's a good, that's that's a good. good text. <laughs> I've just been staring at this picture on Reddit of all the Laura Crofts over the years. <laughs> I'm still a kid at heart, too, okay? <laughs> still a kid. Still got my original PlayStation. Uh, Everyone is someone's baby boy, okay? <laughs> Everyone. Even Omar Payne. Even the criminals. Muhammad Wagyu. That, that'd be a good UFC name, by the way. Or just a good match. Payne versus Muhammad Wagyu. Yeah, yeah. kidding. Elbows only. I still hey. think, again, I'm, I'm maintaining I think that was more egregious. Just got another text. Tell, <laughs> tell John I love him, too. Yep, tell John I'll send cookies in with you on Monday. <laughs> so trying to keep me fat. Yeah, nice. No, no. It's a good mom move. No, I appreciate it. Yeah. It's see. a good mom move. I appreciate it. So there you go. Fam. Thanks. We're, now, we, now we're talking. Now I feel the love. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Just had to push the right buttons and get free cookies for the show, There we John. go. <laughs> Chocolate chip, please. <laughs> or just regular sugar cookies. Don't. Let's not get too cute. I don't like... I don't like pecans. No kitchen sink cookies or any no, of that stuff. Yeah, nothing nothing crazy. Let's just keep it simple. I like that. That's me, too. I'm, I'm a peanut butter or chocolate chip guy. I like one peanut butter cookie. I don't like two peanut butter cookies. Yeah, I can't do multiple. Now, sugar I can do. And like I said, I can eat ten chocolate chip cookies. Snickerdoodles? Snickerdoodles. No, are... getting too cute. No. For me, getting too no. cute. Like I can eat one of them. I could eat twelve. A good one. Yeah. they got to be a good one. But yeah. yeah, I'm with you. No. I mean, I understand, yes, you guys can, but me, like, Oreos are about as exotic as I could get and eat a lot of them, but I'm a chocolate chip guy. Okay, last one, and then we got a break. What and about maybe a- bring a little milk, too, Bob, if you don't mind. <laughs> okay. What about oatmeal? No. Oatmeal raisin cookies? Is yeah. that what you're saying, or just straight-up oatmeal? No, oatmeal raisin. Uh, yeah, I like me. oatmeal raisin cookies. They got to be right. They it's got to be right, yeah. It's yeah. got to be. 
because I've had preferably some, from a grandmother. Had some bad ones, but I appreciate you bringing that up because yeah, no, no, no raisin cookies either, please. If we're doing it, let's, let's chocolate chip. Let's, the original, now, an oatmeal chocolate chip cookie. Let's oh, go. No, it's good, man. That's good. All right. Okay. Enough about cookies. No, it's not even nine o'clock yet. Can't be talking about desserts. Not even. People are like waking up and eating breakfast. Not even yet. Some people aren't even awake yet. I don't know why I agreed to come to the mornings. I'm so tired. <laughs> Sam, send us a break. It's the morning show on Fan Run Radio. Segment's brought to you by Logo Solutions, powered by SM Athletics. Are you a business owner, club director, or a member of an organization and have a logo and need merch to help represent your brand, your club organization, or your mission? Well, check out Logo Solutions, powered by SM Athletics. You have a logo, they have a solution. From custom apparel to headwear and promotional items, Logo Solutions is your one-stop shop for all your branded merchandise needs. Made right here in East Tennessee. Be sure to give them a call for all your logo needs. 865-966-3434. That's 966-3434. Logo Solutions powered by SM Athletics. SMAthletics.com. The NBA was back last night. The Warriors and Steph Curry dominate the Lakers. That was the headline on ESPN this morning. I did find myself scratching my head a little bit, thinking about how LeBron James missed that game to rest his ankle, but had played in the All-Star game on Sunday. And I was kind of like, huh, that seems a little backwards, right? If you're the Lakers, wouldn't you rather have him against the Warriors, a team you're kind of jockeying for position, competing against when it comes to playoff seating or at least play-in seating? Seemed a little backwards to me. I mean, I get it from if you're LeBron, you want to play in the All-Star game and like, hey, I get to set a record. It's my 20th All-Star game and I'm in my 21st season still making the All-Star game. And hey, what'd you say, Sam? Five and a half million people watched that game. I believe it was the TV number. So That's right. it's a bigger deal than the random Thursday night Warriors-Lakers game if you're worried about building your brand and such. But I don't know, it just seemed kind of backwards that play in the exhibition and sit out of the game that matters. It's like a bad look. Yeah, I think it's a bad look. I uh maybe it was also maybe that do you think maybe that was LeBron's protest to the trade talks that the Lakers apparently entertained against with with the Warriors when the Warriors called and said, "Hey, what does it take to get LeBron?" and Jeannie Buss is like, "Well, hold on, we'll talk to LeBron to see if he's open to going to the Warriors and Maybe LeBron just had his feelings hurt. I don't know. It's just another – it's another game, too, where I, I feel – and I feel like this has been a pattern over the years. By LeBron not playing, it also is another chance for Steph to get a – you know, it's a, just for a game, but just another one-up on him, you know, because Steph delivered, played great last night. This has just been going on for years, honestly. Well, I will say – that recent history, especially since Kevin Durant left the Warriors, like LeBron's gotten the better of Steph and the Warriors. Beat him in the play-in tournament a couple years ago. 
dismembered them pretty easily last year in the semifinals. So I, I don't know if that necessarily is Steph getting a one-up on him just because LeBron LeBron beat his best team ever, or at least Steph's team, you know, with a 3-1 comeback. Game six, he had that block out of bounds and stared down Steph. And, yeah. you know, th that's probably the lasting image of their rivalry. Yeah. Of course, Durant came. They won two titles. They beat LeBron. But Durant won finals MVP both those years. You could say it was Steph's team or whatever. But, like, it was Durant that, that got the credit for those rings, at least when it came to MVPs. So, not, I don't know if that necessarily swings things. Speaking of, like, LeBron and, and the greatest teams ever and 70-win teams, you also had everyone's favorite team, the, the 1990 Bulls, or the Bulls of the 1990s in the news yesterday as apparently we're getting a, a press tour. A What exactly are these guys doing? You got Luke Longley coming out of the shadows to team up with Horace Grant and Scottie Pippen to do their no-bull tour and basically – Try to correct the story that Michael Jordan told during the last dance. Feels like it might just be a vacation run or a boondoggle, as I would call it, for uh, Pippen and Grant. It's it's all starting in uh, Australia. Okay, so that's why Luke Longley is getting invited, I guess, because right, yeah. Luke Longley is Australian. Yeah, the first one is uh, tonight, as a matter of fact. Or no, when I'm saying tonight, it's in Tasmania, so it's probably already happened. Um, the tour will offer no bull bleep. Yeah. Uh, there's no doubt that what's happening here is they're trying to set the record straight after they were held hostage having to watch The Last Dance and hear what Michael had to say about all of them, namely Pippen. Well, I thought, you know, Horace Grant was a whipping boy too a bit. Yeah. And, and Horace Grant is a fascinating piece of that Bulls dynasty just because, you know, he wasn't in the second version of the three-peat. Even if you go back and read, like, I can't remember if it was the Jordan Rules book I read or if it was Phil Jackson's book or maybe both. But both, I think, maybe talked about how Horace Grant was the whipping boy of the Bulls and how, like, Phil Jackson knew that every player was different and you couldn't yell at certain players and, and make them an example. But he's like, I knew Horace Grant would take it. So he, he talked bad to Horace Grant and made him kind of the scapegoat. And whenever things were bad, it was Horace's fault. It was Horace's fault. And, of course, Horace Grant left those Bulls and went to the Magic and – you know, beat the beat the Bulls in a couple series, or at least in one series. According according to Grant, this was a uh, an ex post quoting Grant through the Australia National Basketball League. I'll tell you this: the X factor in the first three and the second three, I would have kicked Dennis Rodman's ass. Horace Grant, I think, does get forgotten by history. So I got. Yeah. Scotty Pippen, it's weird. Scotty seems to be kind of an emotional wreck. <laughs> he seems very inconsistent with the things he says. Like at times, he's gone on TV and said Michael Jordan's the greatest ever, no comparison. At other points, he said, look, LeBron's better. At times, Scotty said he's the best sidekick ever. Other times, he said he's just as good as Jordan. I do enjoy that when I used to argue with Jordan fans. Jordan stands, if you will, is just point out Scotty had more success without Jordan than Jordan had without Scotty. Yeah. Because it is true. They both have six championships. Scotty at least helped take the Blazers to the Western Conference Finals. He at least won a playoff series without without Jordan. Jordan never won a playoff series without Scotty. It is true. It is true. Pippen was the guy that was always guarding the best defense or the best offensive player on the other team. Almost always. 
But now Scotty, like, yeah, he wants his respect for being kind of thought of as a as a 1B and not the sidekick. He doesn't want to be Robin. He wants to be Superman and, and say it was a Justice League type of situation. He's got all other things going on. His son was dating. His ex-wife's dating Michael Jordan's son, but then they broke up, and that had to be weird, too. And, and it's a whole thing. I do think Horace Grant was better than Dennis Rodman, though. I, I, I do think Horace Grant has the most to gain here just by trying to prove his value. Yeah. Although, like, they three-peated without you, too, bro. It's just interesting with Longley. It's like, is he just kind of the host for this? Because their dates are all, like, in, you know, Sydney and Melbourne. It's just a big Australian tour to start, at least. I'm sure Luke Longley is a legend in Australia. Yeah. But Luke Longley also kind of gets forgotten. Maybe it's a, time, a chance for him to poke his head up and be like, hey, guys, I won, I won some championships, too. He looks to me like Matthew Lillard. Well, I was gonna say he looks—he definitely looks like maybe he's living his best life. Well, yeah, he's got—he's got—he's got, got, got a little fat. He's got a little beard and long hair going. But to me, he looks like Matthew Lillard from Scream and Good Girls and <laughs> Scooby Doo. I guess he played Shaggy and Scooby Doo. That's what I look like. That's what I think of when I see him. You interested in this tour at all? Because at one, like I said, it's—it's it's been twenty years. Scottie Pippen's flip-flopped so much. Horace Grant's bitter, but I think it's also because of the way he got treated and the fact they won three championships without him. I don't think there's anything left in this story to tell. Has everything not been told already? I I don't know. I'm kind of there for it only because, and I loved The Last Dance. I mean, it was, it was brilliantly programmed by ESPN because there was nothing else to watch. And I, I couldn't get enough of it. However, I, I admit towards the end, I just felt like, man, this is this is so much Michael's accounting of it, which we knew was going to happen. But it just felt like, you know, some of the stuff he said about Gary Payton, and it, it just, it was just more look at me stuff. You know, all these other guys were a wreck. I'm the greatest ever. We well, know, yeah, we yes. know that. But. Scotty wrote that in his book. Yeah. You know, I think it gives a kind of uh, indication of how this tour is going to be. But he had wrote in his book that they glorified MJ when not giving enough praise to me and my teammates, my proud teammates. Michael deserved a large portion of the blame. The producers had granted him editorial control of the final product. Right. Basically, like, he was a leading man director. So, like, it was all about Michael. Yeah. It was about Michael's greatness and not that, like, he had a pretty good cast with him. Yes. Like, like Scottie Pippen was on the on the dream team, too, you know. Scottie Pippen got MVP votes whenever Jordan retired to go play baseball. Like, Scottie was pretty good as well. So, I kind of understand it while they're bitter, but, like, maybe there's some money to be made, too, I guess, by selling tickets. I guess. I just don't know if there's anything they can actually say that interests me. You can imagine they're, yeah, they'll dispute a bunch of stuff. and It'll just be interesting to see if there's a rub-off, if Michael comes back with any. You know what I mean? It's like, does this start a back and forth? It may not. If Michael's smart, he should just take the high road and just let it play out. Michael has nothing to gain. Everyone calls him the GOAT. Yeah, exactly. Except the people that correctly know that LeBron James is better. Hour two in the books. Larry Bird maybe even two, right, Bob? Maybe. Hour three coming at you. We got Eli Herskovich coming up at what time? Uh, 9.20. 9.20. We'll do our weekend bet away. We'll set the tables for the weekend that's coming. It's the morning show on Fan Run Radio. White Claw.